right in the middle of that? You shut up. <laughs> so you know what happened But it's only one half of the story. No. <laughs> you know exactly what happened. Now our listeners don't know what just happened. <laughs> now he wants to say, you shut up on the show, right? <laughs> hey, y'all. Welcome to Cost Politics. It's a good Friday evening on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. Pastor Toby Chuck Knox, I'm the water boy. Good to be with you. These are my favorite days. Are you tired of buying sugary drinks and coffee from large woke corporations that hate you? I should be. Hey, hey, I got I got then some Gold River throw tea right here. A tea party. Amen. S- somebody in the comments pointed out that Americans usually dump tea rather than drink it tea. It depends on how our government's treating us. Gold yeah. River Trading Company right. is an American company that offers premium alternatives for Americans who enjoy a delicious cup of tea. I suppose you could buy it from other countries. I'm having too, some right now. Where's where's mine? You got coffee, but I'm Start your day with Gold River's invigorating American breakfast blend. Cool down with a pitcher of crisp, refreshing iced tea or unwind with chamomile herbal tea. Explore a variety of high-quality blends and enjoy a healthy, flavorful alternative from an American company that shares your values. Go to Gold River Co. That's goldriverco.com and save 10% off all your orders using discount code CROSSPOLITIK at the checkout. So Congress uh, just passed uh, Bill H.R. 8373. This is the House. Okay. Yeah, House. Yeah. House Congress. Congress. Congress, Congress House. Is, is, we have a bicameral. Yeah. I know. I know. <laughs> Senate. It hadn't got to the Senate yet. Yeah. All right. Um, and the act. So this is this is the summary of the act. is to protect a person's ability to access contraceptives and to engage in contraception and to protect a health care provider's ability to provide contraceptives, contraception, and information related to contraception. Interesting. Wow. So, so that's what Congress, the House, Thank just you. passed. Okay, um, but uh, what I wanted to kind of map out here for us, uh, you remember when we had Jeff Schaefer on? Yes, I always remember when we have Jeff on. I know. Yeah, and, me too. And he kind of mapped out how the sexual revolutions happened in the courts. Right. He actually hit right on on what contraception has done to yeah. us. Right. Um, not just in the court system, but actually how it's uh, messed yeah. up how we viewed marriage in the court system. One of those developments was the ratification of the idea that um, married couples have the right to sterile sex. Mm. So that was in 1965, the Griswold decision. Whoa. Have the right to sterile sex. Mm-hmm. Okay. There had been, and this may surprise your viewers, um, a long legal history where contraception was prohibited. Um, so the Supreme Court at that time determined, although in the name of the the sanctity of the marital home, that those sorts of prohibitions Catch could that. not be extended into um, the decisions made by husband and wife. It wasn't but a few years later in 1972 in the Eisenstadt case that the Supreme Court said, um, what we said about the sanctity of the marital home doesn't really matter. There is no difference between sex between persons in a marital relationship and outside of it. So this right to access contraception to make the decision where to bear, whether to bear or beget a child goes to individuals. Um, wow. So we have now this kind of a more fully instantiated right to sterile sex. This was the first decision that emerged from this purported right to privacy. Mm. So, mm. okay. So okay. There, there is obviously no such thing in the Constitution as a right to privacy. However, the court determined that. that because certain elements of the, the Bill of Rights speak in terms of what would arguably could be characterized as privacy. No illegal search and seizures. Exactly. 
Okay. No housing of forced housing of soldiers in your home, right? This kind yeah. of thing. Okay, it's describing the yep. Bill of Rights almost as a moon that's giving off of light, and and the shadow that runs around the exterior of right. the moon's light is where we're finding these right. rights of mm. privacy, which included in the 1965 Griswold case a right to marital immunity against the laws um, against uh, contraception. I I think my spirit animal is Jeff Schaefer. <laughs> how, how come you get him? I, I, I just did. I just they didn't claim it. I think this. I mean, wherever you got this clip, man. I mean, this is like a great show. We should, <laughs> it was, it was, yeah, like we should. We should. We should I want to watch do something. That. I, I know. <laughs> if the only there was a place, like we should have Jeff Shaper on our uh, show. We, you know what? I will tell you that is one of the best shows we've done, and it was really because of Jeff. But you know, one of the things that he says there, and it really made me think about this, because of how we understand contraception, it has changed our concept and understanding right. of what sex is and what it's for. Yeah. Metaphysical breakdown of it. But yeah. it it's behind that even though of what is a marriage that's right what is yeah, man and right. woman for mm-hmm. and and what the court was saying that was so radical was that you can have marriage and you had a right to sterile sex that's right you had a right to unfruitful sex yeah that, I mean, they're already saying you have a constitutional right to, to something that is right. antagonistic to the way God made the world right. and marriage. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say, notice, uh, so the 1965 ruling was the right to privacy in marriage to take contraception. Right. And then later, yeah. that right to privacy in marriage. Expanded to It was all expanded to a right to, sexual right to privacy to all well, sexual they, relationships. They obliterated That's marriage. Right. And so that That's sex right. wasn't something that but was that in marriage. That's set up for Roe, exactly. the right to privacy and, to kill your baby. That's right. And so notice HR 8373, it's talking about. Our health, right? But but here's what's you know um, when you get into contraception, we're arguing and we're believing that it's supposed to be healthy for us. Um, Rod Story actually just did a show with his wife this week on contraception. Um, let's roll that clip. So birth control was was something that was trained uh, taught me in training. Um, although partway through, I came to realize personally that I we couldn't use it because of abortifactant effects, right? And that mm. ultimately. By the time I was in residency, I decided I just can't even prescribe this for contraception because of the risk of aborting a child that's newly formed. I hope that your physician is talking to you that you should be using a backup method barrier or something other during the middle of your month because even with faithfully taking birth control every day, um, there is still a significant breakthrough amount of ovulation. That means there is an egg being expressed that has a likelihood of being uh, becoming a child. Um, and and it's going to come down into a uterus that's an unhappy place, a a home that's been that's been decimated because these hormones mm-hmm. remove the healthy tissue that should be there in the uterus, and they and they really make it a wasteland. Mm-hmm. So you're killing the child in its own home. Hormones can hormonal birth control causes abortive is an abortifact, and it can cause a miscarriage of an unborn child. It, it really has a huge risk a meaningful risk for women in their teen and, or in, in 20, early 20s that taking a birth control pill quadruples the risk of quadruples. depression. But we often look at, or I wish we would look at, women who have depression and say, oh, hey, I noticed you're on a birth control pill. Right. Mm-hmm. Guess what? The two are linked. Mm-hmm. Birth control causes blood clots. Every time we saw a young woman that came in with blood clots, it was always birth control, and it was not infrequent. Hormones can hormonal birth control causes abortive is an abortifact and it can cause a miscarriage of an unborn child. So wow, obviously we don't care about blood clots. Four times. What did he say? <laughs> quad, three times. Quadruples. Or, or quadru- yeah. Quadruples. Okay. What? 
Um, depression? Depression. Okay, I, I, was just, depression. I, I missed that section. So You can tell with the virus, we don't care. You know, when we decided to come out with this vaccine, we don't care about blood clots. Oh, no. right. Right? No, right. And and we haven't been caring, which is why we don't care here. Right. right. I mean, right. look at this. This right. is insane. Yeah. Just so you know, the teens, they are giving young girls... Before they're even sexually active, well, let's just get them on some contraceptions. Right. Yeah. Because, Birth control. Because, again, what they're trying to do it's is healthcare. they're trying to restructure reality. That's right. They're trying to say, um, you can be whatever you want to be. It doesn't matter that God made you a woman, that God made you a man, and that you have this, this biology inside of you that's created to go in a particular direction, that has a, right. a certain kind of telos and end. That's right. Um, that's right. Uh, what you're for, a, right. good, a goodness that you're, you're aimed for. They're, they're trying to unmake that. Mm-hmm. And so they're already, you know, even in doing the birth control with teens, saying probably should be sexually active. They're assuming right. something there. Yeah. Um, and it's, I think um, you said something about this before and, and I, I was trying to connect the dots, but you know, this is, this is grooming for hormone treatments. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what you yeah, right. yeah, Because absolutely. if you're already taking hormones to undo the biology that God gave you. Yeah. Redefining sex. Because, because, because <laughs> you want the ability to have sex with whoever you want to have sex with, whenever you want yeah. to have sex with, with, without the threat of children, although he's saying it happens. Yeah. The next step, of course, is, well, what if I don't like my female biology at right. all? Yeah. Right. What if I want to take testosterone right. and I want to be a man? Yeah. You know, Pastor, well, there's, there's three points to this conversation. One of them is the fact that it's redef- contraception is redefining for us humanity in and of itself, right? Mm-hmm. What sex is, what yeah. it's for, how yeah. we look at. What marriage is, what's yeah. marriage and as for. Jeff points out, sterile sex. Sterile right. sex. Right. Sterile yeah. sex. Morality. Yep. It's yep. also horrible health care right yeah. horrible health care right. you're destroying a woman's womb right. in the process and never forget that margaret sanger is the inventor of the pill like, you know the, yep. she, she was that's right uh, and so you know she wasn't concerned about life and health particularly a certain group of people's lives yeah the third part of this is that we need to remind the world as they're having this conversation notice that everybody wants to have this conversation on one side right. of of the of the aisle, which is everything before marriage, right? Yeah. But the really, we need to remind everybody that any sex before marriage itself is actually a civil crime. It's or, a crime. Or outside of marriage. Or, or outside. I'm sorry. Thank you. Sex before marriage or outside of marriage. Did yeah. I say that? Okay. Uh, both. Yeah. Both. Yeah. Is a crime. Yeah. And that's what nobody's having the conversation right. on. Right. No, the church. The church don't want to have this conversation. But but that is look. They're deciding that right now it is a crime not to give someone contraception. Right. And I'm saying, well, why are they fighting on that end right. of it? Because right. they're after a certain and Christians pre- tell us. Fre- like you were saying. Yeah, and Christians can frequently get narrowed like this tunnel vision of like, well, so is birth control moral or un- immoral? And yeah. this really really yeah. narrow sense. It's like, no, 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 Let's back up. up. Yeah, exactly. Back up. That's right. Back up. Sex outside. Of marriage, right. sex outside of marriage. Let's talk about Any that. Any sex outside of marriage yeah. is not only a sin but also a crime. That's yeah. right. But yeah. The civil magistrate is supposed to punish. It's supposed to suppress. Yeah. That's right. Because something so potent is happening in marriage. God has honored it. So, um, and what's that potent thing? Well, you're bringing people into the world. Yeah. yeah. But but you, we've completely gotten you know That's right. blind on that. Well, right. And it's funny if we will argue over whether or not we should ha- allow for contraception, but we won't argue over whether or not we should have a bride tax. <laughs> Yeah. Uh-oh, we just yeah. got canceled. That's right. You said bride tags. <laughs> Vimeo's like, you're gone. Yeah. Oh, not, not so long ago, the American dream was alive and well. Employees who worked hard were rewarded, and employers looked for people who could do the job. Not for people who have the right political views. Redballoon.work is a job site designed to get us back to what made American businesses successful. Free speech, hard work, and having fun. If you're a free speech employer who wants to hire employees who focus on their work and not identity politics, then post a job on redballoon.work. If you're an employee who is being censored at work or is being forced to comply with the current zeitgeist, 
Post your resume on redballoon.work and look for a new job. Redballoon.work, the job site where free speech is still alive. Redballoon.work. We have to understand that the, the SCOTUS Dobbs decision that ended um, the federal government's say in abortion, it's creating all these fights. That's why that's why Congress is actually trying to pass HR 8373. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They're trying to protect contraception. They're trying to protect all these backdoor ways to abortion. Because again, right? Clarence Thomas actually noted this in his opinion that's that, right. that a whole there was a whole judicial history here that's all yeah. connected. Well, right. I was going to say that if you look historically too, the way that abortion was made legal in almost every country is through contraception. Right. That so was the that, that was the that camel's was the, nose under the tent. So what they're doing right. is planting their flag right. hard over That's contraception, right. trying Sanger, to bring back the abortion. And so there, there's this conversation from actually a show called Uncomfortable Conversations with Emmanuel Acho that had a number of athletes in it and a. Oh, that's right. She wasn't a. We call her we call we, a priestess. She, she a call, priestess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a priestess. A priestess. And, <laughs> and so I think part of the play here is like we're being attacked and jammed from all sides. Yep. Bills, uh, political conversations. Talk and show now, hosts. And I'll talk show hosts yeah. about this. Uh, let Roll the first clip. I just want to set the stage here with this first clip. So, Chelsea, so many Christians look to a passage of Scripture which says you were knit in your mother's womb. And they stand on that and say abortion is wrong. Mm-hmm. How can a Christian or somebody who identifies and lives their life by biblical text simultaneously read that passage but still empathize with women that are hurting or that have hurt? I have so much empathy and understanding for followers of Jesus who would say, I believe that life begins at conception. Mm -hmm. And I believe that stopping an abortion is saving a life. That's a very, saving a life is a very valid cause. No. What? But that's not the only life that we're called to save. You're playing music? Wow. There's a lot of life. (laughs) Oh. It's also taking one verse and making that as, making that one verse, Psalm 139, making that as black and white. Mm -hmm as the verses of the forgiveness and love of Jesus as, Christ. As we are in this room right now, black and white. Thousands and thousands of verses that are in the Bible. Oh. And we have a conviction as we look at the Bible is we put the emphasis where God puts the emphasis. Mm. And he puts the emph- emphasis on love. Mm. He puts the emphasis on forgiveness. He puts the emphasis on compassion. And so as a follower of Jesus, wouldn't I put the emphasis there? So, so, so she's a pastor or Wait, no, a no. priestess. Priestess, and I just, I just really empathize. <laughs> oh no! With love, we're and not doing this. Forgiveness, stop it! And the fact that she'll probably face God's wrath someday. Pregnant, pregnant, pause. Pregnant, pause. Pregnant people. Pregnant, pause. Oh. <laughs> but she, should he have empathy for the pregnant pause? I'm gonna have a pregnant pause right now. <laughs> this I'm is. Get, I'm getting sick. Okay. I, okay. Can, can I say something real yeah, quick? Yeah, yeah. We don't only use Psalm. We also use the Ten Commandments. We don't want to just stand on one Bible verse. Thou shalt not murder. Love your neighbor. Is there a closer neighbor than the child in his mother's womb? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Facts. Insane. Yeah. 
I, woo, I apologize yeah. on behalf of that, this. That, that was I, a moment. That, that was a moment. I, I see why I, they use the music. Yeah, you gotta, yeah, that was it good. It controls the mood. Yeah. I see. This is important stuff. Anyway, I'm sorry, Gabe. Go ahead. Yeah. I, I, don't know, I don't know what happened. Something came over me. It was Well, amazing. It's, it's amazing to me that, that she, how she plays with the scriptures and talks about, oh, there's this one Bible verse <laughs> and this one chapter that says this. But what we want to emphasize, what God emphasizes, who, who did this uh, recently? We, oh, oh yeah, that uh, was your boy with the shirt on. Uh, uh, that was at the SBC. What's his name? Rick, the train, Rick, Rick Warren. Warren. Rick Warren. Yeah, right? Yeah. Remember SBC? Rick Warren. Yeah. We we want to emphasize what God emphasizes. We want to. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, I can't even remember exactly what he said, but Rick yeah. Warren wrote this play for her. Well, right? th- I think "Thou shalt not murder" is a pretty important verse, right, right. and then also yeah. "Love your neighbor." Yeah. So well, I don't know how it's loving and, your neighbor. And, to and notice that woman. compassion and love suddenly. It's not about the baby. It implicitly, um, apparently, means you can chop up the baby. But time out, guys. We shouldn't take this person too seriously. She thinks women can be pastors, so there's right. that. Yeah. Yeah. So she, apparently the church isn't empowering women enough. Now, Chelsea, your church, Church Home, does a phenomenal job empowering its women. But for the most part, within the church in America, men are at the forefront. Men run the church. Men have been very vocal. Men, men, men. Oh. How can churches that are predominantly run by men actually make educated decisions and comments and support in these moments? Mm. I think you are modeling it right now. Yeah. Asking questions. Yeah, he's modeling. Mm -hmm. And don't you think it's such a skill to know what you don't know? Pretend like we have to know everything yes, about sir. knowing everything. And yeah. thank you for admitting that you are a man who does not have a clue what it's like to be pregnant. But you're modeling it. Yeah. Yeah. Stopping, listening, asking questions. Yeah. It's so refreshing. I, so I think every time he says men in that question, he's like, men, men, I think his balls get smaller. <laughs> Like, I, I like, like his whole, how he's leading well, this conversation, Gabe, how he's coming. <laughs> to be honest with you, I don't think you can enter this conversation into this room with any. So, uh, right. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, that. so he goes on to talk about how he's the only ignorant male in the room. Right. So, yeah. you know, smaller. Let, let him speak. Yeah. As the resident ignorant male. <laughs> um, as the resident ignorant male. What role do you all want men to play? Mm. Do you want them to shut up? Or do you want them to speak up? Oh, That's great question. Great. Question. That's great. That's oh, great yes. Amen. Somebody else answer first. <laughs> well, you got I mean, I'll be first to say that I do want them to speak up, but mm-hmm. I want them to be informed. Because mm-hmm. what I am seeing right now is just a high level of ignorance and assumptions. The person who is involved should speak up, and the ones who aren't should shut up. Yeah. <laughs> and I think and I think I mean that yeah. in the sense of I feel like it should be a conversation and a decision with the two people who are involved. This is insanity. Yeah, it really I mean, is. In every way. Yeah. I was just thinking about the last clip. You know, when we're, t- when we're having this conversation, you guys, we really have to remember women in the pulpit, um, the order of things. We're t- having a cosmological conversation. Right, yeah. Could you imagine? He's like, he asked, he's like, you know, most heat comes from the sun, but it should come from the moon. And everywhere you go, it's the sun. And it's the sun here and the yeah. sun there. How can we get the how, moon? How do we get the moon to give off more radiant light. heat more and heat. light? Yeah. And if we had that conversation, we would look and say, shut up. <laughs> shut your mouth. Yeah. You're insane. Yeah. Right. That's the conversation that's happening here. Right. And we're trying to act like we can have some sort of reasonable exit. This is, this is insanity. Right. right. Pure insanity. Right. But when you play the music, oh, you it mean helps. Like this? Like, it helps. <laughs> well, yeah. And it's, yeah, go ahead and play the music while I'm talking. Um, <laughs> and it's important to, to note 
in this panel that every every one of these women have had an abortion. It's true. That's, that's right. a, that's a okay. true statement. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it is. Every, every yeah. one of these women have had an abortion. Right. And and they did it for their lives. <laughs> mm. They gave up a life for their life. <laughs> and Ocho, it's important. This next question that he asked, I think, is, is really important. He's, he's he, he needs to know what should men do. What do you think that men should be doing right now? Well, it's twofold. I, I, I fervently believe um, that justice will not be served until those that are unaffected <laughs> are as outraged as those that are affected. That's oh, good. and so after we identify what justice looks like, I think those men justice. that are unaffected need to be as outraged as those women that are affected. Right. The second thing I always think about is you have to be slow to speak and quick to listen. Yeah. And that's why I'm honored to share this space with you all, because as a man, this for me is just a time of listening. Mm -hmm. This is a time of trying to broadcast you all stories. This is a time of shining and shedding light on ignorance, because there are so many different reasons that a woman is faced with that decision of having an abortion. And like Sonia said, no woman wants yeah. to have an abortion. Oh, I mean, you are just faced with a decision. So I think my position is always listen first, yeah. digest, and then with competence, open up and speak. Uh, don't don't forget what you, this is really yeah. insanity. But yeah. notice what he does with justice. He flips justice. The unjust yeah. thing here is the fact that they can't commit murder. Right. Yeah. They don't have the That's ability right. to be able to commit murder. Right. But if he actually got real justice, they would actually be put to the death because they did commit murder. Yeah. You don't want justice here, my friend. Right. Right. <laughs> That's what it's, But it's, a, it's amazing how they flip this whole thing right. and they yeah. put the music in here right. to motivate you and move you to say, oh, wow, this situation. She was an athlete. And if she had gotten pregnant and had a baby, she wouldn't be able to get gold medals. Yeah. Oh, but you notice like this room is kind of a, a good symbol of what we try to do with our societal sin. This is what they're doing. Oh, yeah. Like what you're saying. Yeah. They're trying talk, to whitewash everything. Talk it out. Make and, it and look clean. It. And invert it. Make it look clean. But as we know, uh, Marcus Pittman, babies are murdered here. Yes. Yeah, no. right. As we it's, know that not. this this whitewash scenario that they're creating is a lie. I kill babies. That's what I do. Not the first one I killed. Let them line up. I, I, I can There's tell you, a lot of that's clips from common. That. That's, yeah, that's com common. Watch Babies yeah. of Murder here, one or two. That is yeah. common right. inside. That was John right. Barrow's spot that he was right. at. I know. Yeah. So. Yeah. I remember. I remember. I mean, as as, as Ocho was talking there, it's like thinking. You know, remember Adam. At the at the tree. That's right. Right? <laughs> like it was his job to speak up. That's it right. was his job to protect his wife. It yep. was his job, even after his wife had sinned, it was his job to lead his wife to God That's and right. say, Let me die instead of her. That's not, right. Not listen to her. Yeah. That's right. That's what got us into this mess. Yeah. That's right. It's right? exactly right. You listen right. to God and guard your wife. Yeah. Right. Listen to God and honor your wife. And and that's that's gonna flow out into all of life. All right. <laughs> turn the corner now. You should turn on some music for Toby. Oh, we need to have our wrap up. No, wait till the end. Wait till the end. Wait till the end. All right. Our weekly wrap up. On Monday, we talked to Robert Netsley, CEO of Inspire Investing, about being smart with your investments and 
Chocolate Knox completely redid his portfolio after that. <laughs> Don't give your money to people and sure. corporations that hate you and Jesus. We introduced you to the Honor the Marriage Bed Act, Hebrews 13, from the House. <laughs> and we endured a couple couple of pro-life ladies trying to explain how they don't really want to save all unborn babies because they aren't extremists like that. Ugh. On Tuesday, we had Mrs. Doubtfire on the show. <laughs> yes, we did. Actually, it was the assistant yes, health did. secretary, the Babylon Bee nominated for man of the year. Uh, and for some reason, they get kicked off Twitter. Apparently, it's only funny when Robin Williams did it. We also had Naomi ouch. Wolf on the show. Did you catch that? She recently wrote the book, The Bodies of Others, in which she systematically traces the COVID tyranny and how the world has changed dramatically. And let me introduce here our back, uh, that's what I meant. our backstage interview with her yeah. got deleted by Vimeo. Yeah, I saw that. Um, and Vimeo, it, what's crazy about this, it's not like YouTube where everything's yeah, kind of public. It's not even public. Our Vimeo video was private. Uh, hidden, private, and it's uh, login access to get to that video from our club members. Yeah. And they deleted it, right. that, um, right. and they censored it. Yeah. And then they sent us an email saying we're censoring it. Yeah. And Naomi was talking about China yeah. and abortion. Yeah. Yeah. It, right to privacy. <laughs> doesn't yeah, make, yeah. doesn't count right. right. Where's our bill? On Wednesday, we watched portions of the House Committee on Energy and Commerce talking to a woman <laughs> who hails herself as the Beyonce of abortion storytelling. Uh, she gave instructions for how to take chemicals that will kill your unborn child without being detected in blood tests and complained that the Dobbs decision is forcing women to stay pregnant. <laughs> While she didn't appear to be pregnant, we just assumed she was announcing hers. So congratulations. <laughs> Also, Beer and Psalms Wednesday, even though Gabe insisted on drinking scotch, yeah. you heathen. Yeah. We talked about Psalm 19 and how you end up with great transgressions in your life and in your land. Yesterday was Thursday, and there we talked with about Biden's cancer and COVID and whatever else he has, and how he's been vaxxed and boosted to kingdom come and still has the sniffles, just like the rest of us got when we got the COVID. Yep. But the real story was Biden's announcement that the climate is an emergency. Got that music uh, for uh, uh, yeah. And of course, we fully expect this to be the next stick our overlords try to beat us with. At the same time, we at CrossPolitik pointed out that sin really does impact creation, and God sends judgments just on people, mm. but also on their lands, their That's climates, right. their industries, and so on. So on the one hand, we think the climate scientists are a bunch of buffoons. <laughs> and on the other hand, we actually think there might be famines, droughts, and other curses on our land. Since we're doing all the kinds of things that God says, his judgments come down on. That's right, man. My Friday wrap-up um, keys off of this last point. And it was something that occurred to me during the early days of the COVID when we still didn't quite know what was going on. And the thought is this. When the plagues broke out in Egypt, God made a distinction between the land of Egypt and mm. the land of Goshen, where his people were. And we serve the God who still makes those kinds of distinctions. That's right. God's That's judgments right. do fall on cultures and nations, but God remembers the just. He remembers his promises and his judgments always fall <coughs> with laser precision. When the land of Egypt was being pummeled and covered in darkness, there was still light in Goshen and plenty of food. Amen. As we seek to build communities of light in this dark world, we should do so without any fear of the plagues ravaging the Egyptians all around us. They may have monkeypox or STDs, but we are keeping our marriage vows and Amen. raising our children in the That's Lord. Right. You better preach, preach. That's Their right. businesses may be going woke, but we believe in hard work, quality products and services, and complete honesty. That's right. One of those business philosophies actually works. They are crying out to their false gods, but we serve the living God. And so there is light in our lands, joy in our heart, laughter Amen. in our homes, singing in our churches. And that means we work in hope. Our God is with us, and he will never leave us or forsake us. Amen, Toby. If you're single, get married. <laughs> if you're married, have kids. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. I if know, you have I kids, 
Wrap Go it up. baptize him. Wrap it up. Until Monday, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor. <laughs> As yourself. Go fight. Laugh. And feast. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should ask for an offering. I'm just supposed to off- ask for an offering. Hey, we're gonna see you guys in the backstage. Yeah. Home, it's where you build your legacy, where traditions are started, seeds are planted, meals are shared, and stories are told. We are Chris and Natalie Carpenter, owners of Story Real Estate, and our team of top agents helps people find homes in Moscow, Idaho, and around the country. Have you thought about a move? Contact us to get connected with a top agent who shares your values and puts your family first. Or reach out to us about our Moscow Relocation Guide. Wherever you're looking to go, we can help you find home. Call us at Story Real Estate or visit us at storyrealestate.com and start building your legacy. The season of Augustine and the season of Cassiodorus were very different moments in a crucial transformation that occurred in the history of the Western liberal arts. All right, so just stay like this. How, how am I doing here? So, yeah, you don't like you don't like this, huh? What does a Christian education look like when non-Christians are the ones who control the institutions of learning? This is a question that confronted Bishop Augustine of Hippo in North Africa in the fifth century AD. Augustine lived at the twilight of the Roman Empire. He himself had been trained with the best learning that Rome at that time had to offer. He himself actually came through the ranks and taught rhetoric in some of the best schools. And it was then, after he had come of age, that he converted to Christianity, but he wanted to continue the project of education, but this time for Christians. And so he had to confront the question, what does a Christian education look like when the unbelievers control the field? when they control the institutions, when the whole apparatus and curriculum of learning emerge from a pagan environment. And so Augustine wondered, what is it that Christians should jettison? What is it that Christians can embrace? What is it that Christians can adopt, but in modified form? These are the questions that Augustine confronted when he sought to educate Christians in an environment when unbelievers dominated the field. A century later, we see a man in the south of Italy named Cassiodorus who faced a very different educational landscape. He had to ask what did a Christian education look like in an environment where unbelievers had abandoned the project of education altogether. The infrastructure of learning had entirely eroded. If education was to proceed at all, it had to proceed on the foundation of Christianity. The Christians had to be the ones preserving education. What does a Christian education look like when Christians are the ones forming the institutions, when Christians are the ones organizing the curriculum? Well, these two seasons in the history of education, the season of Augustine and the season of Cassiodorus, just 100 years apart, were very different moments in a crucial transformation that occurred in the history of the Western liberal arts. We're gonna be studying this story. We're going to be going back to the sources. We're going to go back to Augustine. We're gonna go back to Cassiodorus. We're gonna ask ourselves which of their predicaments most resembles our own. 
Which can we learn from Augustine's period? What can we learn from Cassiodorus's period? As we confront these questions, we're gonna engage these sources, and we invite you to join us here at New St. Andrews College.